This is Sydney, and welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. This is Cole, and I'm going to be talking about marshmallows. (laughs) This is Randy, and I will be talking about why we eat turkey for Thanksgiving. Yum. And this is Beth, and I will be talking about the Peanuts, a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. Very cute. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we begin with our holiday happenings for this past week, and we actually had several holiday happenings this past week. I had an opportunity to go back to Disney this past week and for another conference, and I went to uh, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party again, and it was equally as fun. It was actually a little less crowded since it was just me, and I was really only there for a few reasons. I got really close to the stage for the for the Hocus Pocus show and for the fireworks, the the special fireworks that they do. Um, and I got close for the parade. I wanted to kind of see those things again. So that was very fun. I also noticed when I got back that the weather was cooler. So you guys so actually nice. had a cooler week while I was in the upper 80s. So nice. Such a lovely temperature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A listener that I was talking to um, down at the conference last week actually talked about a couple things that I thought was interesting. One was she said she had a little bit of trouble differentiating between Beth's voice and Sydney's voice so that on the podcast. My voice and Sydney's, which is me. Hi. <laughs> and I thought that that was funny because personally, I think we sound pretty different. I do. But at the same time, like when you don't know us and when it's over audio. Right. You know how your voice sounds so different. In, right. True. So, so are you saying that you thought we sounded similar? Yes. Actually, I thought people would have a harder time distinguishing between my voice and Cole's voice. Yeah. And some, some people may, but it was interesting to hear from her that your voices sound ones. similar and sometimes hard to, to um, differentiate between the two. The other thing she said I thought was interesting, she asked the question actually, why do we like to go to Disney so much? Why do we go back? Because we've been on all the same rides, we've done a lot of the same activities, so why do we enjoy Disney so much and why do we choose to go back there and not go to universal studios or to other places well we have gone to universal before a few uh, times. We've, we've gone a few times to universal uh and a few times to a few other places but a lot of it comes down to how they treat their guests uh the nostalgia of it for all of us and how well they do well the theming of the parks and the rides the story that they weave in throughout is something that brings us back and that they're always updating and doing new things. Some people don't like when they change parts of the park, but we actually enjoy seeing the new parts and the way they've changed things. The fact that they do detail so well. There's so much meaning behind the detail. There's so much to this. We should probably do this yeah. on another podcast. Yeah, even like how they empower their employees to right. um, give the guests a magical experience. I agree that this could be an entire series of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> on yeah, because yeah. Yeah, I think people wonder, why do people go back? Right. They don't go to Disney a lot. Why do they go back a lot? Right. So that's probably something we should share on a future podcast as well. A couple other holiday happenings for this past week. Yesterday, uh, the four of us decided to go to a place called Great Country Farms in Bluemont, Virginia, which we've been to several times. We've gone many years in a row now. Yeah, I think more than several times. Yeah, we've gone often. Yeah. Yeah. This is the place that the kids grew up near when they were young and going to preschool. But it's really expanded a lot. This is where we get our pumpkins every year. 
Uh, they have a pumpkin patch where they take you on a tractor or a set of tractors, actually, with trailers out to the pumpkin patch. But they've really expanded over the years where now it includes a whole little section where they bake apple cider donuts. They have apple cider presses. They have a lot of activities for it's, kids and family. It's really hard to describe like the scale of this yes, so thing. It is huge. Yeah. I'm walking throughout, I mean, me and mom were just noticing how many playgrounds they have on that property. Like you, you see a playground, walk a little bit, see another completely different type of playground. Right. Yeah. And they're all nice. They're not like generic playground things. They're themed like one of them. Is like a pumpkin playhouse that's like right. this giant pumpkin that has a slide coming right. out of it. Yeah. And right. there's so many little mazes and yeah. games. And, and But there are things for, not just for families with young kids. There are things now for, I would say, young adults or teenagers. They have a large maze that has... A corn very, maze. Corn maze. That's very complicated. We learned about corn mazes on a previous podcast. They have these, what they call cannons, which basically <laughs> are these like howitzer-looking air pressure-based systems are about, I don't know, six feet long. Yeah. They're pretty long, where you can pay to shoot apples at targets. And, the, I mean, it's a pretty huge good distance. Huge targets. Yeah, yeah, huge targets, pretty good distance. It is funny. I didn't, because when they said, oh, it's the apple cannons, I didn't expect them to be these, like, large artillery gun-looking <laughs> yeah. things. Yeah. Yes. So that was a lot of fun yeah. to do. They, of course, have a little, like, Cal train thing. Yes, with yes. lots of little cars. Yes, lots of little cars for the little kids to sit in. Um, and it's basically like a little tractor or something right. like that in the front. And it's just all these little, all painted cow colors. Yeah. yeah. And little, it just yeah. ca- kind of carts yeah. them around. The, it is, there's stuff for adults and young adults. But if you have young kids, oh my it is it's the a place to be. fantastic experience. It's yeah. like an all day thing. Yeah. It's- and I was going to mention they have pig races. And there are so many people packed around That's the so pig funny. track, you couldn't really even get to it unless you got there early. Yeah, you uh, had and, to like, get a place. <laughs> which is ridiculous. It's so funny. Because we've seen the pig races before. They're pretty short. They are not long. <laughs> so you keep saying that, but I have no memory of yeah, we, we it. Yeah. In the early days when they first started those pig races, we went, uh, and, but they're really fast. They're yeah. kind of like a, a, but they make it a bigger deal now. They have like... You know, they name the pigs, and they have yeah. different categories of races. And they have a they narrator. Have like charts and stuff yes. like that. For <laughs> they have like a Hall of Fame yeah. list now. Um, <laughs> they also this year uh, now have a Henway Hard Cider House, which is actually a place where they make their own hard ciders and they sell them. But it's a huge building, which mm-hmm. has a lot of fun tables inside, and then a, a nice patio outside, and then a... Even further, they have it's, a fire pit. It's a very, like, open building, which is nice. It almost reminds me of the kind of place that you would go for, like, a wedding reception. Yeah, right. it's, yeah. it was a really like, nice... Like, the bar in the middle and then big... Open area. Big open area that you right. could move tables to, but you could also push them back. Right, so, for dancing or whatever. Yeah, very, very nice area. They have a lot of live animals, goats and chickens and turkeys and peacocks. <laughs> so, um, so, just a great, fun place. We would suggest if you are looking for these kind of places, because they have these kind of hallmark kind of places, um, lots of different areas, but go early. By about, I don't know, noontime, it started to really fill up. Right. Yeah. Um, so we went it, early. It's not terrible once you're there. Right. Once it fills up. Because there's right. plenty of space. We're really talking about getting in. The park. It's going to be the hard part. Yeah. And parking, when yes. it starts to fill up. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So very fun. Very fun day. Together in a perfect weather day. 
Like it was oh, upper sixties and dry and, and it was great. Sunny and gorgeous. Yep. Yeah. And then Cole and I with the pumpkins that we got, because we got two large pumpkins. I think mine was twenty seven pounds and Cole's was like thirty one pounds. Thirty one pounds. <clears throat> so he and I carved our pumpkins. Uh, I carved a, a cat kind of silhouette and Cole carved uh it was a it's funny because when I saw the pumpkin it was very tall and like it was it was large. Yeah. But but I thought that'd be funny for like a big Frankenstein head. So it that's had like I a car- flat side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what I carved into mine. So I did like the bolts in the neck and the the stitches on the, the head and stuff. Yeah, yeah. you did good. It's job. a pretty simple one, but I think a lot of simple jack o' lanterns could be the you know the most fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the other things I had at that event was a marshmallow area where you can make s'mores. Yes, they did. So, so funny. I brought up with Dad the you know the struggle I have in my mind. <laughs> yeah, weird struggle. The, the debate. Um, are they pronounced? And I'll get your opinion. All your guys' opinion on this. Are they pronounced marshmallows or marshmallows? <laughs> Why is this such a debate in your mind, Paul? And this is this is almost like a. Uh, inside joke because i made this this dumb extremely dumb joke like years ago and i keep bringing it up and just the thought that they're actually pronounced marshmallow maybe it's just the word shmallow is funny but yeah like somebody like there's two words to get two latin roots one was mar and one was shmallow (laughs) so every time i see uh marshmallows i look at dad and i say hey do you know have you ever wondered is it pronounced marshmallow or marshmallow <laughs> i don't ever wonder i know what it's so uh so we're gonna settle the debate today oh are we yes we are what country or region do you think that marshmallows uh originate from uh well i think they're native to north america they're native <laughs> <laughs> i believe they're native. they they grow in the wild they grow in the wild that's so funny any guesses We've had stuff originate from this place before. Oh, really? New England. Uh, China. Germany. <laughs> Here, we just <laughs> throwing out We're just, names. Everybody <laughs> can throw out as many parts <laughs> Arctic Circle. No, German. <laughs> Greenland. Signora said German. Oh, um, in France. Oh. Yeah, England. I... England. Great Britain. Where did your lemonade come from? Egypt. Oh, it, yes, there was a form in Egypt yep. ages ago. Originally, yes. Egypt. Yes. <laughs> Egypt, yep. So it didn't start off in its, like, gelted puff form in Egypt, which, which, would, have, is like the which would have been very funny if <laughs> there were, like, hieroglyphics and they were holding, like, little marshmallows <laughs> over fires. Yeah, over, over little fires. Sticks. <laughs> that would be funny. That would be um, hilarious. But it started out as a honey candy that was flavored and thickened with the marsh dash mallow plant sap so it's called the marshmallow because it comes from the marshmallow plant oh that's interesting which grows in marshy areas which is called why it's called the marsh so not mar areas not mar areas (laughs) and not the marshmallow (laughs) (laughs) so the uh, marshmallow originally harvested from salt marshes and near large bodies of water. So, originated in ancient Egypt, but people used the marshmallow past that point. Like, it's been used throughout history. Persians, Greeks, um, the Chinese, the Europeans. It's actually, it was not, like, focused on one region. It 
sort of the the plant or the uses of the plant spread out over the world. Oh, okay. Um, which is interesting. Very early on. So people would have known about the marshmallow plant. But 19th century doctors would have used juice from the plant's roots and cooked it with egg whites and sugar, whipped the mixture into a foamy kind of substance that later hardened and created a medicinal candy to soothe children's throats. Oh, what was the time period of that? 19th century. Oh, okay. It's from Viable Herbal Solutions, the book. Sweet! Sweet for kids! Yep, sweet for kids. But it actually, it was used in medical context a lot. And similar to the way that um, honey was used in a lot of Mm -hmm. medicine. It could be sweet, but also very soothing. You know, it's not going to solve any major medical issues that you have, but it's great if you've got a cold or anything like that. So we should eat marshmallows when we get sore throats. It's funny. There's, there's actually... <laughs> stick some medicine in it and then have a kid like swallow it down. <laughs> there is actually some medicinal value to eating marshmallows if you do have like a cold or something like that. That's so awesome. I have a cold. <laughs> <laughs> go go chug Woo! marshmallows. <laughs> I'm going to go get some marshmallows. Which are not pronounced marshmallow. <laughs> Glad we settled that part. Yep. Up until the mid-1800s, the candy was made using the sap of the marshmallow plant. But today, gelatin replaces the sap in modern recipes. So today's marshmallows are a mixture of corn syrup, sugar, gelatin, gum arabic, and flavoring. Okay, so they really don't have any of the root of the marshmallow. No, they don't really have the root. I imagine that the original version would be much better for you right now much <laughs> yeah. more medicinal right that's what with I'm that thinking. kind of honey undertone to it so candy makers wanted to find a faster way to make marshmallows and as a result the starch mogul system was put into place in the late 1800s so rather than making marshmallows by hand which is what you would originally do cutting them up there's different ways to make it, but one was you would have essentially like a long, Strip like a mold of marshmallow, and you would cut it okay. by hand. But this new system allowed these makers to create marshmallows in molds made of modified cornstarch, which is similar to how jelly beans are made. Oh, interesting. Yep. Jelly beans and candy corn, actually, too. Both of which we've talked about on this Which podcast. is fun, yep. yeah. And yeah, about that same time, it was about the turn of the century there when they started using the gelatin instead of the original plant (laughs) but they kept the name they didn't call it the gelatin mallow right well they couldn't even call it the gelatin mallow because because both there's no but there's no mallow there's no marsh and there's no mallow (laughs) so you heard you heard it from here in the podcast there is no marsh and no mallow in the current marshmallows (laughs) it was about late 40s 50s when Alex Dumac, who was a marshmallow manufacturer, which is a real job, <laughs> began experimenting with different methods. He was wanting to find a way to speed up production, uh, and he discovered a process in which marshmallows can be made by piping the fluffy mixture through long tubes and cutting its tubular shape into equal pieces. Oh, there you oh, go. Fun. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Marshmallows became super popular in the U.S. Do you want to take a guess from what? 
S'mores? S'mores. Yep, that's right. Oh, interesting. They were they weren't unknown, but s'mores made them sort of this household treat. Which is interesting because we talked about s'more, the origin of s'mores, and it was related to the Girl Scouts, who actually kind of popularized the s'more concept, and it spread from Girl Scouts. Yep, and that's uh, that's actually I was going to ask you guys if you wanted to take a guess who popularized that. <laughs> Um, I do. It was, it was the Girl Scouts. <laughs> yep. And it was in the uh, 1927 Girl Scout guidebook, and they were called some mores. Right, because you want some more. Some more, yeah. Yes. Um, and there's no, like, official, oh, that's why they're called s'mores, but we can kind of speculate. Right. Like, okay, that's probably why they're called s'mores. Yeah. And there were precursors to s'mores, um, sort of coming from... Like you had Victorian era funnel cakes. Um, were there like things called not so muches? Not so muches, <laughs> yeah. There were not so muches. But there were things like uh, Malamars and moon pies. And there right. were other things that had marshmallow in it combined with, you know, various crackers and stuff like that. Right. But it was really the s'mores, which came from the Girl Scouts and became a, you know, I guess synonymous with camping and going and enjoying the outdoors right, uh, that, that really sense. popularized yep, the drive to go get marshmallows. And I'm not going to talk about the history of the graham cracker <laughs> because it's not PG, weirdly. So I would encourage you to go look up the history of the graham cracker on your own. Wow. That's hilarious. Another dark history. Another yeah. dark history. <laughs> wow. That's hilarious. Okay. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> okay. In other words, Beth's going to cover that. Yeah. Graham Because <laughs> she covers all the dark history. Graham right. Lemonade and polio, right? <laughs> the funny thing is, Canada. I think this is a little much for even you okay, wow. to do, which is why, this is why I didn't mention it. Um, but I thought that was really cool that... Sort of all these things kind of connect to each other. They you know, do. The, the Girl Scouts and the s'mores and then the marshmallows. And it's really cool. It's I like knowing so many names are just like randomly named. Yeah. That it's nice to know that the marshmallow actually comes from a marshmallow. Right. Yeah, it's like, funny. like the name actually comes from, yeah. you know. It's got an origin. It's got a sensible origin. <laughs> right. yeah. Although there's neither the marsh or the mellow in it anymore. Right. It did. It should just be called like a gelatin puff, <laughs> but it did directly, like historically, connect to it. Right, right. right. It's a nod to its history. That's yes, right. uh, a little. That's right. Yeah. And we use cap. marshmallows. Are like everybody knows what a marshmallow is, at least in the U.S. Now. Right. Yeah. We eat them like rice krispie treats and oh, yeah. stuff like that. They're good toppers for different Peeps. dishes. Yeah, they're good toppers for different dishes. Like the um, sweet potato casserole. Yeah. Right. Or sweet even potato. on sweet potatoes, just saying. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That is, that is true. That's right. And sweet potato casserole, I know you make that every Thanksgiving. Yum, yum, yum. Yep, so that's a f- very fun dish that we can always look forward to. And Sydney and I will get sweet potatoes when we're out. And sometimes it'll have the butter and cinnamon and um, brown sugar. So just to clarify, it doesn't just sometimes have, we ask for it. <laughs> it doesn't just show up magically with this on. And marshmallows. Yes. And little white miniature marshmallows. Yes. You guys mentioned the sweet potatoes, and that is often part of Thanksgiving dinner. I was wondering why exactly Turkey has been the star of Turkey Day since all the way back in the 18th and 19th century. And that's actually a, a matter of much debate, particularly among historians. 
that it's have, true. <laughs> that I'm, I'm one of those. <laughs> <laughs> looked at pilgrims and Native Americans, and the fact that that meal, their first Thanksgiving together, probably did not focus on turkeys. So the 1621 celebration by the Plymouth Pilgrims is considered by many, although not all, to be the first Thanksgiving. Now, there were definitely wild turkeys in the area, as noted by one of the colonists, William Bradford, in his journal. But the on-site, first-hand account of the first Thanksgiving has no explicit mention of turkey. It talks about wild fowl, which could just have easily meant ducks or geese. So it actually was a three-day event that um, they had with the Native Americans for that first Thanksgiving dinner. And it mostly concentrated on deer, so venison, and other fowl. So it's not clear if wild turkeys were involved, even if they were in the area. I thought it was also interesting to note that pilgrims did stuff their birds sometimes with uh, herbs and onions and nuts, but not they didn't use bread or anything. But even as far back in the 1600s, they were stuffing their birds. Mm-hmm. So a little bit about the history of turkey is to, to get to the reason why then do we celebrate with turkey today primarily versus venison or ducks or geese or whatever it may be. So the idea of giving thanks was popular in certain parts of the country way back when we became an independent nation. Uh, Presidents would occasionally declare a Thanksgiving Day celebration, but the holiday wasn't completely called on nationwide. But as early as the um, late 1700s, after we became an independent country, Turkey was definitely a part of the regular celebration of Thanksgiving for many people. Alexander Hamilton once remarked in a letter to his wife, no citizen of the U.S. shall refrain from Turkey on Thanksgiving Day. (laughs) So there definitely were people who were focused on Turkey. A 1779 Thanksgiving menu for that time frame included venison, pork, turkey, pigeon, and geese. So there's a lot of different types of meats that were included in that time frame. Another menu explained that roast beef at that time was preferred was the preferred dish for Thanksgiving dinner during the Revolutionary War. But during the war, because beef wasn't as available, they actually started to use turkey more because turkey was easier to get. And they actually sent turkey to the troops because it was easier to get in mass quantity. So where did this come from? So some people actually credit writings that are happening in the 1800s to kind of bring turkey to the forefront of all those meats. One of the writers was Sarah Joseph Hale, who is often considered the godmother of Thanksgiving. She wrote accounts of early New England celebration, and in those celebrations, she emphasized roast turkey as one of the primary meats that was used. Other people credit, actually, feasts from England that were focused on turkey. Can you think of one of the books that had turkey in it from England? That included an emphasis on turkey? Yep, Christmas Carol. Right, Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, which also bolstered the idea of turkey as the holiday meal. Others also connect Ben Franklin, who considered the turkey to be a respectable bird, as being another reason why the turkey kind of won out. A respectable bird? Didn't he want that to be the national bird? Well, there's actually debate about whether he actually (laughs) said that. that. (laughs) Yeah, there is. Some people say he said it, but he said it to his daughter. And some people said that he never said it. So, I don't know. I wasn't going to... But he liked them. By the way, he liked them. (laughs) But he liked them. That was clear. He definitely liked them. 
So it wasn't until 1863 that Lincoln actually declared Thanksgiving as a national holiday. Uh, so it was later on that, so as these things, same things were happening where the writings were kind of focusing on Turkey, then Lincoln declared Thanksgiving as the national holiday. There are some pragmatic reasons why Turkey probably became the main focus uh, for Thanksgiving rather than chicken or, or um, venison or things like that. First of all, turkeys were very plentiful. There were about 10 million turkeys in America in the 1600s is what they're estimating. So there were, there were a lot. In fact, wow. they used to do turkey drives where like they drove sheep and horses late in later years. They actually had turkey drives, which sounded very frustrating. <laughs> because at night, the turkeys like to roost in trees. Right. And it was hard to get them down in the morning. <laughs> so that sounded like a very frustrating kind of activity that probably only lasted for a few years. Second reason was that turkeys that were on family farms were almost always available for slaughter because they didn't use them for eggs or other reasons. That makes sense. And then third, which I thought was a great point, is that a single turkey usually was big enough to feed a whole family. True. Right, yeah, so so you, this, you think of the sit-down traditional family at Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah. Where you have like extended family with you, that sort of thing. So, so that was kind of another practical reason. So in the mid-1900s, turkeys were so integral to Thanksgiving traditions that they continued to sell well during the Great Depression. And 10 million pounds of turkeys were shipped to soldiers in 1946 during World War II. That's amazing. Now, it wasn't until more recent years that the president began to give their presidential White House turkey a pardon, meaning that they didn't have to um, be killed for the dinner. So actually it was President John F. Kennedy sent back a 55-pound turkey saying, we'll just let this one grow. (laughs) President Nixon sent turkeys to a Washington, D.C. petting farm. And George H.W. Bush gave the first official pardon to Turkey in 1989. And since then, it's been a tradition ever since. That's hilarious. Yes. So it's kind of all those things together. Kind of like, well, why why do we call s'mores s'mores? Well, there's a lot of kind of reason. Yeah. Why do we eat turkeys? There's a lot of reasons that kind of came together into the mid-1800s. A compilation of Right. And then by the mid-1800s, pretty much turkey to this day became the staple meal. Now, we've been places where they also serve fish, like salmon, for Thanksgiving dinner. Some places serve, do serve some sort of beef. Right, and, and other countries do other things. Yeah, well. we talked, Cole actually talked about that last year when he talked yeah. about Thanksgiving in other countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and there's, uh, there's actually a lot of places that have turkey as the Christmas dinner right, meal that's as right. well. Yeah. yeah, in fact, I wondered, you know, as, as I was looking through trivia about turkeys, I also thought, well, why don't we eat turkey more often. Why do we only eat it? Right, if it's so plentiful. Right. Why do we only eat it primarily as a dish on Thanksgiving? Can you guys think of reasons why? Because they're hard to farm? I don't know. No, they're hard. They're hard to cook. So they're not a fast cook. They're not not easy. Right? They take a while. It's a lot of preparation. There's a lot of other things involved, especially if you stuff it. Mm -hmm. Right. um, Which a lot of people like their turkey stuffed, right? Yeah. Um, They're also kind of big. They are. For just a single meal. Yeah. Right? Yes. Or a single family. You have a lot of leftovers, and do you always want those? Now, I love turkey. I can eat turkey for days. But if I did that throughout the year, I probably wouldn't be as enamored by it. Right. Right. right? So they're too big. They're not easy necessarily to cook for a, just a quick meal somewhere. They're not available at stores year-round. They're not. That's true. 
they're associated with the holidays. Mm-hmm. And ground turkey is less yummy than ground beef, so yep. less tasteful. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like so, turkey burgers. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. So, a couple quick things, trivia-wise, uh, about turkeys. They can fly. A lot of people don't think turkeys can fly, but wild turkeys can fly, reaching up to 55 miles per hour. Oh, wow. That's a right. I think I think there's, like, a strain of turkey that's bred not to fly. As this little trivia thing said, domestic varieties were bred to be hefty. <laughs> not yep. aerodynamic. Yeah. <laughs> As Cole mentioned, uh, kind of in the, um, where do we get names from? Do you guys know why we call the turkey the turkey? Do you guys have a guess? I know, but. I don't know. It has something to do with the Turks? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's true. I'm, I'm pretty sure I know this. People, especially sort of Western Europeans, would call kind of anything exotic turkey or Turkish or something like that. Oh. So... The turkey was really just something that was exotic, so they called it the turkey because of that. Oh, interesting. I just because thought... anything exotic, they sort of associated right. with the Ottomans and the Turks at that point. That's exactly right. It just fell into a generic category of meats, bird meats, that they just kind of said, these are all turkeys. Right? Yep. It's kind of like we say, some people say Coke when they mean soda. They say, um, yeah. "Hey, give me a, give me a, a so you kind of have like Coke. turkeys and pheasants and right. stuff like that. And they were all just called that's turkeys. right, wild guineas and yes, all those things were all all called turkeys. They actually nearly went extinct. Turkeys nearly went oh extinct my. by the early 20th century. We had hunted them down, but when we realized that, we stopped, and now we've got turkeys." That come through that our yard. Through our yard. Yeah. 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 Oh, they're so fun. Yeah, because they uh, we have bushes that have berries on it, and I didn't realize turkeys could hop, mm-hmm. but they do <laughs> to get the berries. Yeah, they and stand under funny. the. Yeah. They stand under the branches. Yeah. And if you watch them, they'll hop up and yeah. try to get the berries <laughs> off of them. Yeah. And yeah. there, we've had as many as twenty. Yeah. In the backyard, yeah. but they'll just wander around, and they'll be here for a little while, and then they'll just move on. Yeah. We really like them. They're they're fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not really invasive. No, at not all. at all. Yeah. And they're not hostile or aggressive at all. Yeah, they're not like right. geese. <laughs> no. Yeah. Right. Female turkeys, well, both both sexes of turkeys will purr, whistle, cackle, and yelp. But only the male will gobble. Oh. Isn't that funny? Well, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Another uh, bit of trivia. Eating turkey is not going to knock you out. So a lot of um, uh, p- people know the term tryptophan, which is an amino acid. It has it can have a calming effect. Right. But the sleepy feeling that you generally feel after Thanksgiving meal is because it's a big meal with a lot of carbs, yeah. maybe some alcohol in <laughs> yeah. there too. I've heard people say that it's kind of a placebo effect too, like because you think yes. it's going to make You've you heard tired. That. You've heard yeah. The tryptophan yeah. is going to You convince yourself. That you're going to be tired. Yeah, I remember talking about this in my psychology class. Really? Yeah. They were like, no, there, there's nothing to, you just, you just want to fall asleep. They're like, oh. <laughs> well, I do need a nap after that. Yeah. That's, that's always a fun <laughs> thing to have. So if I need to blame it on tryptophan, whatever. Yeah, whatevs. A couple other quick things. Turkeys have really, really sharp eyesight. Huh? I always thought the opposite. Humans can only see about 180 degrees. But given the placement of the turkey's eyes, they can see 270 degrees oh. around them. And they have better, way better color vision than we do. And can see into the ultraviolet light range. <laughs> and can see into alternate dimensions. <laughs> <That would be laughs> cool. They're amazing! We don't know about that. They're fast in the ground. They can reach up to 25 miles per hour. 
Now, turkeys are smart, but they're not that smart. They recognize each other by sound, and they can visually map their territory in their head. They can plan ahead. They recognize patterns. But in other ways, they're very simple. Male turkeys will attack anything that looks remotely like a threat, including reflections on windows and car doors. (laughs) (laughs) Which cats do, too. So, (laughs) Yeah. Yes. True. So that was just some fun turkey information as part of our Thanksgiving month that we have ahead. Speaking of turkey, last night I watched a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. And I watched it with you. You did in preparation (laughs) for this podcast. So a Charlie Brown Thanksgiving is the 10th primetime animated short film based on the comic strip The Peanuts by Charles Schultz. It was originally aired on November 1973 and won an Emmy Award the following year. So do you know if... Charlie Brown, Christmas, and Great Pumpkin came out before this? I believe they did. Okay. I believe they did. They definitely did. They definitely did. There you go. This is considered like the third main Charlie Brown special. Right. It's Christmas Charlie Brown was the first one. Halloween. It's Halloween Charlie Brown was the second one. Oh, it's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown. Yeah, that was the second one. So does that mean that the Easter Beagle came out after this one? No, that I don't know. I don't have a list of... Where they all fell into okay. place. We have uh, Randy on the horn here. Ready to, uh, <laughs> Randy, to give ready us to look it up. the answer. But this is the third main one, and it continues to be. Do you have the answer to that? A Charlie Brown Christmas aired December 9th, 1965. Uh, they had another one called Charlie Brown's All-Stars in 1966. But then it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown, the second major one. came out October 27th, 1966. So just a year after the Christmas one. And then you said this one came out in 73? That's what it says, 73. So there were several in between those two that were much less major, I guess. So it was then the next year, 74, that it's the Easter Beagle, Charlie Brown came out. Okay, so it was a year after this. Yeah. All right, so to go through a quick plot summary of what's happening... Charlie Brown and Sally are preparing to go to their grandmother's for Thanksgiving dinner when Charlie Brown gets a phone call, which he answers every year from Peppermint <laughs> Patty, who invites herself over to Charlie Brown's house for Thanksgiving. And um, she says something along the lines of, I know it's okay because you kind of like me, Chuck. Something like that. She says things like, great news, Chuck. <laughs> his response to everything is, I, uh, uh, I, I, uh, I don't yeah, know. <laughs> yeah. After she invites herself, then he gets another phone call, which he answers, and she's invited, I think it was Marcy next, yep. Yes. Yep. and then another phone call, and Franklin was invited That's right. also. So yep. there's three guests coming over, so Charlie Brown tells Linus, I have three people coming over, and I'm not even going to be here. We're going to be at our grandmother's house. So Linus says, well, that's easy. Why don't you just have two dinners? We'll make one for the friends coming over, and then you can go to your grandmother's. Yeah, he kind of said, well, what time are they coming over? What time do you have right. So he's definitely a good problem solver. Yeah. He is. He, <laughs> Linus is full of good things. So Charlie Brown says something along the lines of, I, I can only make cold cereal and toast. And, and maybe said, toast. And maybe toast. And Linus says, that's true. I've seen you make toast. You can't butter it, but we could probably help you with that. <laughs> Something like that. It's just really cute. So, they gather Snoopy and Woodstock. And because who doesn't want a dog and a bird helping with 
making Thanksgiving dinner. So fun. (laughs) (laughs) And they start by setting up the table, the picnic table in the backyard, which is really a ping pong table. And they have (laughs) trouble with the garage door and Snoopy and he gets squished in it, blah, blah, blah. And then he has trouble with one of the chairs and, and he like ends up fighting with it. Yeah. And like wrestling and stuff. And... But eventually everything gets done and then they move on into the house. Right. And start making the toast and, and they have these really old fashioned looking toasters that I've never seen actually working, but they're really cool. Walking yeah, it's the serve. kind that fold out from the side rather right. than you putting them in. Yeah. yeah, so they make toast and popcorn. They have jelly beans, pretzels. Yep. And we don't see them making the little sundaes, but yeah. they're on the table. Yeah. These little sundaes with little cherries on top. Yeah. Yeah. None of it like traditional Which Thanksgiving much more food. High- yeah, which the Sundays look way more high quality than the rest of the, right. the food that's there. Right, popcorn, yeah, yeah. <laughs> toast. <laughs> so Snoopy elaborately, I put that in air quotes, puts these different things on the plate and, and throws them over to the different participants. And so it's, this is after they've arrived. After yep. they've arrived. He's yes. serving all He's the food. serving out. the food that they make. And it's, who else there? It's Linus, Charlie Brown, Sally... Um, Peppermint Patty, Peppermint Patty, and Mar- Franklin. Franklin. And Snoopy. And Snoopy. And Snoopy. Don't know where Woodstock is. Woodstock is not here at this time. Right. So Snoopy serves the meal and then it pans over to Peppermint Patty and she's looking mad. And she raises a fuss and says, what kind of a Thanksgiving meal is this? Where's the turkey? Where's the mashed potatoes? Where's the cranberry sauce? Where's the this, pumpkin pie? What, this she, is what you invited us to? She says it in kind of that, uh, when did this come out? 73. Uh, 73. Ca- yeah, kind of that, like, 70s, like, cartoon, like, the cadence. Like, where's the cranberry sauce? Where's the pumpkin pie? You know, it kind is. of that. It is, yeah. Uh, like, all the Charlie Brown episodes kind of have this. Yeah, the uh, little. Like, the little, the funny little, like, cartoon yeah, kids' cadence. Which of is, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. And it's when cute. you repeat the lines, you always, like, say it that way, yeah. too. Yeah. <laughs> And if you read it, you say it in your head. Yeah, like in the uh, Great Pumpkin where Lana says, It won't be long now. No. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, Charlie Brown feels really bad. And he slinks off into the house. And Marcy then gives Peppermint Patty what for. <laughs> yeah. He says, wait a minute, sir. Did he invite you? Or did you invite yourself and us? And so then she felt bad and sent Marcy on in to talk to Charlie Brown. Yeah, and she said, Marcy, why don't you go patch it up? And Marcy <laughs> said, I think you should go do it. And yet, in a moment of clarity. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and Patty says, no, you know how I am. I'll just mess things up more. And Marcy was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> she totally bought that. Yeah. So she went in, talked to Charlie Brown and... Marcy explains everything to Charlie Brown, and then... And oh, then, wait. I did want to mention that when Marcy leaves, Linus says, oh, this reminds me of this situation. It was basically a situation from Pioneer Days. And he goes through the whole scenario, and Pepper and Patty says, this isn't like that at all. And that was the end of it. Like, Linus didn't like... I just didn't really say a lot about it, but Pepper and Patty was like not having yeah, it. This isn't like that one at all. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. It's such a like it's a weird joke. Yeah, it's just it right is. In there. Yeah. Why even put it in at all if she's just going to say it's not like that? Right, but it's right. just a really funny thing to hear. 
Because Linus is the one that knows all this historical information. Right, right. And Peppermint Patty's great on a ball field. So she basically doesn't really know a lot. So she goes on in and she finishes patching things up with Charlie Brown and they shake hands and she says something like, you're holding my hand, Chuck. (laughs) You sly dog. You sly dog. (laughs) So it's all patched up and what he feels bad about is that they didn't get to have a proper Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then his grandmother calls, and she invites everybody over. So everybody gets in the back of the car with no seatbelts whatsoever. No, it looks like there's like a couch in there. <laughs> side a couple of seats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Snoopy and Woodstock, they stay. Yeah. But the rest of them go, and they sing over the river and through the woods. And then <laughs> Charlie Brown says something like, Except my grandmother lives in a condominium. Then it pans over to Snoopy and Woodstock, who were left behind. And Snoopy goes in, and apparently he had been preparing a turkey dinner the whole time. <laughs> in his doghouse. <laughs> in his doghouse. A big one, too. Yeah. So he brought it out for him. and The bird is, like, bigger than he is. And right. Yeah. It's huge. So he brought it out. He and Woodstock Wood- eat it. Yeah. Woodstock, Which is- um... Which is a great debate about Woodstock eating it. Yeah. Like, is it cannibalism? Or is right. it just... But Woodstock isn't a turkey, so I don't, right. think, I don't think it's cannibalism. It's just a little too close. Yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah. It's just a little bit odd yeah. when yeah. you think about it too much. But <laughs> birds do eat other birds. Right, yeah. right. Like so, hawks and things yeah. like that. Stock um, is really just a hawk. A turkey hawk. It's <laughs> <laughs> a teeny tiny A tiny little, little one. Yeah. But the, anyways, but they end basically the movie... And it goes into the credits. Yeah, right? but they're eating As pumpkin they're pie. eating it, and yeah. Right. And they're but, chowing the pumpkin pie like yeah. a huge bite. Oh my goodness. They love it. Like bigger than, like as big as their heads. Yeah. Or like Woodstocks. I will say Bill Melendez, who was directing this animated special, had that same problem with cannibalism. <laughs> and he brought it up to Charles Schultz, who basically did what... Um, Peppermint Patty did. This isn't like this at all. <laughs> That's actually not what he said. But he was, he got vetoed. Yeah. But so he Charles, had that same problem. So Charles Schultz was perfectly fine with it. Yes. In yeah. fact, he was required that they had to have their Thanksgiving meal oh, together. Funny. The friends. So. Yeah, there's some great classic scenes in this special. Like the opening scene where Charlie Brown goes to kick the football. Well, and that's I, that's something I didn't mention at all. Right. The very, very first scene, and the only place that we see Lucy in this whole thing is at the very beginning when she asks Charlie Brown to kick the football, and he said, what does he say? You must like, think I'm the, the most stupid person in the world or something like yeah, that. Yeah, because she's always asking him to kick the football, then she pulls the football away, and then he falls. And she says it's a national holiday, and it's an honor. And the and kickoff is the most important part of this national tradition. Right. So he said, well, it's an honor. I can't pass that up. So he goes way back. Runs, 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 runs. Goes to kick it and she pulls it out and he falls on his back. Classic. Yeah, and she says, some traditions are just meant to die. <laughs> so, like, yeah, 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 so some fade away. Fade away, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so funny. So there's that. Then that's the last time we see Lucy in this one. Which yeah, I that thought, is interesting. Yeah. yeah, that was interesting because we see her brother, but not her. The other fun scene, though, is when the invited guests are coming into the house. Peppermint Patty goes in, Marcy goes in, they say hi. But then when Franklin comes in to Charlie Brown, they do like this fancy little handshake between yeah, the yeah. two that's of them, cute. which is fun. Yeah. yeah, that's a cute one. So there's a lot of fun in here. There's a lot of 
classics that we grew up on, but we had to watch it during... We um, meaning you and Dad. Thank you. Randy and I, me being Beth, um, <laughs> watched it growing up, and we had to wait until it aired on TV each yeah, year. Yeah. And it was in November each year that it would air. Now, you guys were raised with it. One loves it, one not so much. Well, I love it. I just don't have to watch it every year. Did we have it, it on VHS? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, so that was old school. We had all the ones. Yeah. All of them on VHS. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then DVD. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. boy, this is just nostalgia and wonderful and great stuff. There's some different interesting parts of it. The person who was the voice of Charlie Brown... 10-year-old Todd Barbie had to say, Arg really long whenever he went to kick the football. And he tried and tried and couldn't get it that long. So they had to have someone else actually come in. He said he, he tried it like 25 takes. Aww. And he that, couldn't do that, it. That makes the throat sore. It does. So somebody else, they had somebody else come in and do it. Yeah. And thanks to this, there is a Thanksgiving Day spinoff. And that is, let's see, this is America Charlie Brown. The Mayflower Voyagers. So that's the other one. Mm -hmm. That's very fun. Our future festivities for this week, the week of November 4th. November 4th is Common Sense Day. (laughs) November 5th, which is a Tuesday, is the General Election Day. November 6th is Marooned Without a Compass Day. Yes, there's a day for that. I don't know why. (laughs) November 7th is Bittersweet Chocolate with Almonds Day. Very specific. What a specific thing. (laughs) November 8th is Tongue Twister Day. November 9th is Chaos Never Dies Day. And November 10th is Forget Me Not Day. So kind of a random set of events. As always, you can follow us on social media, on Twitter at Holiday underscore Moons. On Instagram, you can follow us at Holiday Moons. And on Facebook, you can find our Facebook page. And group by searching Holiday Moons in the search bar. And you can always reach out to us on email at holidaymoons at gmail.com. So for Sydney, Cole, Randy, and Beth, Happy Thanksgiving! Thanksgiving.